0: Welcome in to the Lion's Dan. I'm Tom Hackett, alongside Matty Gashk. Uh, we don't have Spen the the Worn in this week, fortunately. You um, well, said fortunately? <laughs> <I> said... He's <laughs> actually not... That's
1: a great start. He's, he's not allowed in the building
0: anymore. <laughs> so, um, no, he's on a work trip, so we'll uh, we'll miss him. Dearly. Why did
1: you use air quotes when you said that?
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, If you can't get a hold of me, it's because uh, I got a different number. So uh, anyway, all right. Um, <laughs> RSL, Matty. Uh, yeah. So we got a lot to talk about today, I guess. Let's kind of dive into what we're going to talk about before we get into it. RSL pick up uh, their first victory in, I believe, what, five games? They, they mm-hmm. lost four on the trot. And now they're back uh, on the winner's sheet, which is uh, fun after a 2-1 victory over Orlando. Short turnaround because they head to FC Cincinnati this Friday. 5.30 kick, mountain time, so that's uh, going to be interesting. The Royals kick off their season this Saturday, 7 p.m. at Rio Tinto Stadium against the Washington
1: Spirit. Yep. Am I missing anything? Uh Royals, 5 o'clock down in Harriman at Zions Bank Stadium. They're playing against uh, another USL team whose name I can't remember right now. When? I should know. Do you, do you mean the Monarchs? Yeah, is that what it said? I know you said? I Royals? Royals? You said the yeah, like, Royals. Yeah, the Monarchs. I was going to say Monarchs. the Royals
2: are playing a doubleheader. No, 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 no. Sorry. No, Monarchs
1: playing 5 o'clock at Zions Bank Stadium.
0: Does, it, does that have a nickname yet? Like the... The Real... Zebra. Okay, good. That's what I was hoping That's a uh,
1: Zions Bank Real Academy. We've been calling it Zebra for quite a while. Okay, cool.
0: So. I've seen it online. Yeah. Didn't know if it was official, but Zebra works for me. So, all right. Um... You were unable to go well, that was a home game, so that doesn't make sense. I was about to say you were unable to go to Orlando over the weekend. They've been on the road, I feel like, so I was unable to go year. there either, but Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was only their second home game. Third, third
1: with Dallas, yeah.
0: Third with Dallas. Yeah, that's Dallas, right. Vancouver. Orlando. Right, yeah. This podcast got off to a great start. That's fine. It? It's fine. Anyway, um, we won't edit it because uh, Trevor doesn't like us like that. So uh, now- Matt,
2: Matt, it, say that Matt did that. I would have. Uh, I'll, I'll edit it out. But you, yeah. That's <laughs>
0: <right>. <laughs> okay. So that the third home game, they're up two 0 and uh, Nani's free kick eighty-first minute made for an interesting final ten yeah. minutes. But um,
1: what, what what stood out about that to me was that it was the second straight game that Nani scored a goal after the 80th minute of a, of a game he shouldn't have been playing in. Sure.
0: Yeah, uh, it was interesting he started on the bench, I thought.
1: Yeah, and I, and I spoke with uh, with their PR representative who's the uh uh the famous Matt Botford. Everybody knows him. You're trying to be
0: very political here.
1: No, I love Matt. Okay. Matt, Matt, Matt he's the best. Okay, good. Um that that could be used later uh about me loving myself or something, <laughs> but um Yeah, we'll keep that as a drop, Trevor. <laughs> um with him and and dom dwyer so nani's coming off of uh of his season in portugal um hasn't had a break they're looking at it as he would essentially be playing an 18-month season they know he's going to need breaks here and there throughout the year um so just to keep him fresh they kind of picked this game knowing it was at altitude on a longer road trip let's use him in late in the second half and dom dwyer's had uh well, say, uh, I think it's fair to say he's had a history of injuries, especially late late in a season. Um, and so, kind of the same thinking with him. Let's keep him fresh. Let's uh, let's play some defense and and keep this thing close, and then bring these go- guys on late in the game and see if they can make a difference. Right. And uh, and they brought him right back into it. I mean, the, the, the last uh, you know ten fifteen minutes of that game were were pretty uh, pretty hotly contested on sure. both ends, and and. Uh, a lot of that has to do with you defending a fresh uh, Nani and Dom Dwyer.
0: I thought um, Orlando dominated the first 10 minutes of possession for they the did. most part, and then Real Salt Lake were able to find the back of the net in the 17th, I believe. Uh, Sam Johnson opening his account. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, and then from, from about the 10-minute mark where Orlando had then dominated, I thought Real Salt Lake kind of did a good job mm-hmm. picking up their tempo and control of the game. and um, And then... It was unfortunate for Orlando because right, like, like minutes before Nani and Dom Dwyer were going to come on, RSL scored their second. Yeah. So they were only down one, thinking, all right, we, we're going to give these lads 25-odd minutes, and we're a red-hot chance based on their yeah. skill set. And then, of course, it's like the lead doubles for Real Salt Lake, and, um, you know, they fell one, one goal too short in the end. But uh, I thought it was a fun game, regardless. Yeah. An interesting contest. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was fun to see Nani out there as well. He, he's he been one of those players that I'm sure many RSL fans, including myself, have uh, watched on the television set, set for some yeah. time. And, of course, the prodigy that was meant to take over the, the, the shoes of Ronaldo at Manchester United right. didn't quite live up to uh, Ronaldo's expectations, but, but but he was fun. A couple guys returned for RSL, yeah. Matt, which was fun, uh, Justin Glad being one of them.
1: Yeah, Justin Glad, uh, the right time for him to come back too. With with Marcelo going down with that hamstring in Seattle, um, pairing him with Natum, um that was a look that uh, I think maybe we came into the season thinking we'd see a bit more of. And then Justin goes down with a broken toe, you know, two days before the first game of the year. Um, that made things a little bit more uh, challenging in terms of the depth at that position. Um, and then uh, you, you know you see him step in there, and it's like he, he hasn't missed a beat. You know he's he's uh, kind of looking like the Justin Glad of old, um, and it, which is still weird for me to say about a 22 year old kid. But how,
0: how many is this his fifth MLS season? Sixth. Sixth. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. And he's 22. He's 22 years old. Son of a gun.
0: Yeah. He's done a which lot more than uh, I think most of us had done at that age.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I could, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, uh, I kind of had this fortunate rise through, uh, through media when I was a kid. And so, like, by the time I was 22, I was married. Um, I'd covered the NBA for, uh, parts of three years. Really? Um, just through freelance stuff that I'd done. Um, I, I mean, I knew from when I was, this is this, it's become the Matt Gash stories from Matt Gash. I like it. Here. Though um, I actually started knew when I was probably 16 years old that I wanted to work in sports media. Are you kidding? And uh, yeah, and I think uh, so. I wrote something. My brother won a state track championship uh, my sophomore year of high school, his senior year um, in the mile, and I wrote about it for a for a class. And my dad read it, and he's like this is good like this you should think about getting into this and to at the moment i was like yeah my, like writing like that sounds cool and then in hindsight i'm like my dad knew that i was never going to be a pro athlete <laughs> and uh, that was his way of putting it nicely to me that like hey but uh it's been great i've been able i've had the kind of a the luxury of working in sports um for a paycheck since i was 17 years old that's um, so you
0: started full-time or was it I, I was work? part-time
1: i was writing um writing as a freelance writer for local newspapers when i was 17 in high school and then you were in the and uh... then i came down to westminster college and was writing for the salt lake tribune and one of uh <laughs> one of my professors wanted me to uh he's like hey you should uh take this writing class and and they're talking about you know how you get into writing and whatever and then they're like Wait, Matt, how did you get into it? And I like got to go up in front of the class and explain like how you get into freelance writing as That's a That's funny. Know, before you can get, get a beer with your coworkers.
0: My my English class in college was very different to what yours was, I imagine. Matt Mine was um trying to explain to the to the professor that uh look a different grammar is taught from where I'm from. So you're gonna have to bear with me yeah. here. Like I spell things that aren't spelt right out here. And, you got extra uh, U's and E's in there, yeah. Yeah, so just, like, you know, if you think I'm, like, really stupid, think twice and remind yourself that – or just think I'm really stupid because I probably am. But and anyway. then you can
1: sneak up on people. Yeah.
0: There you go. That's fascinating. So, but, yeah, okay. And so, a- yeah, that was, that's was
1: that been my path to to where I'm at. And I spent seven years in radio in Seattle.
0: How was remember. that? Did that just, like, ruin everything?
1: Well, I went to – I remember um, there was a year, uh, a time I went to a – sonics game with my brother they were playing the cleveland cavaliers and and it was the first time probably in five years that i'd been to a sporting event as a fan and i remember at one point turning to him and just being like i don't remember how to do this like i don't remember how, like how do i fan at a game like how do i do that <laughs> you know and, um yeah, i think it, that's it, maybe the I, I grew up a huge nba fan and right. so i was able to get into uh and so to be covering the Sonics as for my job when I was 23 years old it's was... a dream. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, I was actually going through that, and uh, it was actually last year for the, like, the Jazz, you know, in the playoffs. Yeah. Grew up big Jazz fan. Yeah. And then once I was in media, it kind of, you know, it takes the fandom out of you. A little bit. And for eight years, I was in radio. Yeah. And then I ended up taking a, a five-month break, and it happened to be during the playoffs. And so I ended up going to game six of the uh, Thunder Series last year. And, and it was so yeah. weird. I'm just yeah. like, I'm, I'm here and I can actually yell and cheer yeah, and all Yeah, because you've that. been told not to cheer yeah, for you, so Yeah, you, you can't show any emotion. Yeah. And so it was really strange. And then, you know, back to the ground again.
1: Yeah.
2: So, Radio producing so, doesn't so, appeal so to me. So you think you've accomplished
1: something, Justin Glad? Let me show you my resume. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Uh, you did start at a very young age.
1: I did, um, yeah
0: justin glad though, playing six years that is mine so it's one thing and i say this with all due respect look i'm part of the media now as well it's one thing being a part of the world, uh, sporting media it's another thing being a professional athlete
1: yes yeah he has to take care of his body i worked in radio
0: so what people, <laughs> what people don't care your
2: mind
1: what people don't know about sports media
0: is that anytime there's free food oh. available I mean, you it,
1: jump at that. Yeah. It you just is jump on yeah. for young. It doesn't and old. matter what the contents nope. of that
2: menu are.
0: No, and nobody asks what it is. No, no, never. If it's just free,
2: it's it. for me. Yeah. That's that's the slogan for media members.
0: Anyway, it's very funny. But um, Justin Glad sixth season played his first game. That broken toe. How unfortunate is that? By the way, the news right. the news came out two days prior to the Houston game on the road that he broke yeah. his toe. Two days on his, prior. on
1: his birthday. Was it? It was his birthday.
0: Yeah. Oh my word and it was that training too of yeah. all you know of all places and now 2 days before the game it's light yep you know it's like we yep. got a long season coming up Like, can can nobody please step on anybody's toes yes and it that happens
1: yeah and, uh, and that's kind of uh that's the one of the funny things about uh, uh one of the things i i see commonly is you know if you have midweek friendlies or whatever fans are worried about um you know a player might get hurt there's been more injuries in training than in games.
0: Oh, yeah, I guarantee it. You, we you shouldn't practice like either? Like,
1: well, like, well, like what, what do we need to do here, you know? Um, but uh, uh, it's, it was great to see him back out there. I and I think it awesome. great to see him, too, uh, with a little bit of confidence out there and, and And uh, just kind of building on on where he left off last year, um, which you will remember, he he was on the bench for the the playoff games. And uh, for him to come out and have that game, uh, get a victory in his first game, have a good defensive performance as a team, I think that'll do wonders in helping Justin Glad get back on track and kind of uh, progress the way we saw him progress over the previous few years.
0: Uh, when we had Brooks Lennon on, we asked kind of who the fastest player on the team was yeah. and and Justin's name was brought up. Yeah. And I, I, I thought we got a pretty good idea as to why his name was brought up over the weekend. There were a couple of times he was kind of chasing down strikers or uh, wingers and uh, closing down, making some superb challenges. He has, he has a very bright future, whether he plays his entire career in uh, Major League Soccer or hopefully, and not for the club's sake. Right. But hopefully, for his personal sake, gets a shot out at uh, Europe. Before we head to a break, um, his, his center-back partner, Nadeem Monoha, made yep. MLS Team of the Week.
1: Yep, and I think you, you see more and more of the value he brings to this team, um, not just as a physical presence on that back line, but you look at the group he's playing with, and he's got Justin Glad next to him. who's, as we mentioned, 22 years old. He's got Donny Toya, who, even though he also has six, seven years as a pro, is still only 24, 25 years old. And uh, and Aaron Herrera is in his second MLS season on the other side of him. Uh, to have a guy who's got the experience and the communication skills that Natum has on that back line. And Natum tells a good story about uh, about how he realized how important communication was on the field When he was at the academy level um, with Man City, um, they ran one training session where the coach said, no talking this session. Nobody can communicate. And that hammered home the point to him of how important communication was because you're just guessing a lot of the times. and If you're looking one direction on the field and you don't have a guy behind you telling you about what's going on behind you, that makes the game so much more difficult. And so – uh, you see a guy out there who's uh, got the years' experience at, at such a high level, who's an excellent communicator on the field. Um, I think that adds so much to that back line. Um, and and in addition to, uh, he's a guy who leads the league in blocks right now, block shots right now. The the back four. He's the Rudy Gobert of Real Salt Lake.
0: There you go. <laughs> the Stifle Tower himself. I thought the back four looked like drastically more confident with yeah. how it's set up. Over. Anyway, we, we need to take a quick time out. Trevor's shouting at us. We've got Utah Royals, uh, Conversation, uh, FC Cincinnati. Sam Johnson opened up his ML. I mean, it's all going on. Give us 30 seconds of your time. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Lions Den. Myself, Matty Gash. No Spenno. He'll be back next week. Hopefully, you don't miss him too much. Um, we're still if you a- do, you can tweet him though. Yes, you can. His handles at uh, Speno underscore seventy seven or something? You'll find him. He's the he's the man with the beard. So just look for the uh, the hairy one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> just look on Twitter for the guy with a beard. That's him. And then all he,
0: all he tweets <laughs> about is uh, soccer. Literally, yeah. that's it. So. He's uh, obsessed. It's scary. Uh, we're still talking about the two-one uh, victory over Orlando because there are a few talking points. Yep. Um, so we've we've touched on Justin Glad. Um, I, I thought, and I asked Mike Petkey about this in the in the post-game press conference. Uh, Donnie Toa and Aaron Herrera kind of playing their preferred positions. Unfortunately for for our good friend Brooks Lennon, he uh, had to go to the bench and he got about five minutes of playing time. Coming on, coming on in the eighty-eighth minute, regardless. Um, Donny is a left-footer, playing left yeah. back. Herrera is a right-footer, playing right back. And I asked him, knowing the answer, you know, but 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 I asked him kind of whether he felt as though there was more comfort, more comfortability back there across the back line, and if he if he could notice anything. And 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 he gave me a pretty generic answer, as I expect him to do. But I thought it was pretty evident. That the back four, specifically at left back and right back, look far more comfortable when there's a left foot to play left back and a right foot to play right back. Yeah. I mean, it's and, not rocket times.
1: And, and I think, as much as anything, you're looking at two guys playing the positions they're most comfortable playing. Uh, you know, uh, Brooks as a winger, moving him to right back, and then Aaron as a right back, moving to left back. I think there's, um, there's something to be said for just the comfort level of playing your. Um, most comfortable position. Uh, There's a, there's a comfort in comfort. Is that what I just said? Uh, Anyhow, um, podcast we can edit, but we won't. No, we won't. Um, but I. That's not to say I don't like the experiment of playing Brooks there, and we saw him do that with success last year. He was named the team's defensive player of the year last year. Um, but I think once you get into and and Aaron was was good at that left back spot. Um, but I think now that um, this team's kind of taking the next step, what you want is the players playing in their best positions, and and for uh, Donny Toya and for Aaron Herrera, th- right now they're in their best positions. Brook's best position is playing as an attacking player, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that yeah. uh, in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, I, I like the move though. Um, Jefferson Sav- uh not Jefferson Sav- you know Despite how superb he was, Everton Louise is yeah. who I who I wanted to talk about. He. Went down with a left knee injury. Went to uh, the hospital immediately. Got an MRI scan. Um, is there an update on on that injury? He's, he's
1: got an MCL, um, which I think is. If you're a uh, that's Ever- good. If weeks. you're an Everton Louis fan, that's great news. Um, timetable, I'm not clear on yet. Um, Mike will have more info on that. I think tomorrow um, when he meets with uh, with our our media hordes that are with the team in Cincinnati. I said hordes. Yes. Um, <laughs> hordes. Not that uh, are with the team in Cincinnati.
0: Remember we're at KSL. Yeah, I know. Right? I said hordes. Okay, I, know. hordes I know. Hordes is okay.
2: It, that was why I didn't even mark it. All
0: right. <laughs> I just don't want Tanya looking or hearing anything. Anyway, carry um,
1: on. That's good. That's great news. That's great news. Yeah, and I think we're looking at, uh, if you're, you know, if you do a little reading on MCL sprains, you're looking at probably four to six weeks. Yeah. Um, but, which... Which is great. You compare uh, that to it, an ACL. Right. Uh, ACL could have been horrendous. Yes. I think. And he's been such a bright spot for this team through the first six games that he was playing.
0: Does he have a nickname? Did the players have a nickname for him? Uh,
1: if he does, I don't think I've heard it yet. All right. I, well, no. Natum does. Oh, he does? Chief.
0: His name's Chief? Yeah. I like that.
1: Yeah. And I think he picked that up at Man City or, or Crystal Palace. But anyhow... Um he,
0: he looks like he's, you know, in charge. Yeah, they call him boy. Ned
1: every now and again too. and it's like if you want a name that doesn't fit him, it's yeah. Ned.
0: Although he is incredibly nice, <laughs> he really and I is. I envision a Ned being yeah. like stupid nice. Yeah, and no, um, and
1: uh, yeah, and not nothing against Ned Grabavoy, who is a, a fierce competitor sure. and, and also a Ned. But. Well,
0: I think Everton Louise ought to be called the Menace. He is a menace. Because he is a menace. Yeah. And and he is fearless and uh it was a real shame to see him go out um early in that game, yep. what twenty eight minutes in or something. Um and then of course, you know, we're up in the press box and Taron, uh, is it Meyer or Meyer, Meyer? Okay, yeah. I never quite knew. Taryn Meyer um is kind of doing the rounds telling us the prognosis or what's happening with Everton and it's like, Oh no, he's been shipped off to the hospital for an MRI scan. It's like, Oh dear. Yeah. I was hoping it was, you know, just maybe I don't know. I, I don't know what it could have been. but So that is great news. Uh, MCL and, and Michael touch on uh, the recovery and the rehab process throughout the week. But uh, Sam Johnson, yep. the man, the myth, the legend. Yep. He was my man of the match, Matty.
1: Yeah, he, and, and for good reason. I think you saw um, so many of the things that were right on the cusp of working in Seattle were working in uh, against Orlando. Um, I thought in Seattle he was good um good in stretching the defense in making himself available for those balls in behind but if it, whether it was he was just a step off or the ball wasn't there or uh, or the uh, you know whatever whatever wasn't uh clicking quite right there um but i think you saw glimpses of what he could do in seattle and then on on saturday against orlando it was yeah, he's the real deal. I mean, he gets he gets the ball in and around the box and he's got like a different gear that he can reach when he's when he's in and around there because he's so driven to score goals. And um it, it that's something that I think is so uh valuable to this team. Not that the other guys aren't, but to have that center forward who can, you know, Demand. Yeah, he can. He he forces the defense into so many uh, different uh, looks that uh, that make if it's Albert Rusnak, Jefferson Severino, Demir Krylak, whoever, uh, you know, Corey Baird, Brooks Lennon, whoever it is we're playing with him, uh, creates so much more space for those guys. Um, his holdup plays good. His you know his runs are good. I mean he's he's uh, in a lot of ways the total package as a number nine. Uh, he has all of the skills that you want out of a number nine. Not that he's, like, maxed out those skills by any stretch. But, sure. uh, but he has all of those capabilities, and uh, I think that's that's just going to be his, – his is a signing that I think is going to pay dividends for this team uh, throughout the season.
0: I can't, I can't wait. And that's kind of what I was going to talk about when it came to Sam was um, – the aspect I love most about his game is his versatility, right? So yeah. he can play with the back. So and and Corey Bed was sensational throughout right. last year. He's just he's a winger, yeah. And, and and he's that's where he's meant to be played. And and Mike Petke knows that. He yeah. was just shorthanded and had to play him at striker, and he performed admirably there. He was MLS Rookie of the Year right. for crying out loud. I mean that's how well he played. But Corey Bed can't play with his back to the goal.
1: Right. He can't. And he, it's just a different look with him out there. Right. And and with him out there, you're you're looking at. Um, more just stretching the the defense uh, the width of the defense right. as opposed to the depth of the defense. I, I mean, guess.
0: so much goes into why Sam Johnson is the number nine going for Ferrara. So right. it's, when he has the ball at his feet, he's superb. When the ball's in the air, he can win a header. When the ball uh, when a ball isn't on, at his feet, and he, his defensive work rate is sensational. Yeah. Mike Petke loves that. I mean, there was a player on RSL's team last year. Uh, we don't need to name names, but everybody knows him. He, he might, may have happened to come from Italy. Uh-huh. Uh, he would walk like everywhere. He would walk everywhere on the pitch, and which I, was
1: bizarre because if you watched the tape of him, that wasn't how he played. So yeah, that he, wasn't that wasn't the game tape of that guy. He must at all. he
0: must have just I don't know hated Salt Lake or something. I don't know what it was. You probably do, but we don't need to go into it because yeah. he's long gone now. But um, the second he w- he played, and I just I would watch him for like five minutes straight. I, I nope. Yeah. It's not going to work under Mike Petke. Right. You have to have the ability to chase down balls, put pressure on the on the defense, force turnovers in your own half. And Sam Johnson, uh, I don't know how far he ran on Saturday, but I know it was a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. And and the effort on that goal too. Just uh, he slipped the over. The stick to itness of of you know he, he slips. He slips over. He gets up and it and and it, and it made it look like the other guys were in recovery mode. The, the defenders were in recovery mode, the, just how quickly he got back up, got back control of the ball, and made himself dangerous, and then puts just a great shot past, past Brian. On, it, on
0: his non-preferred, mind you. So we saw a glimpse of it against Seattle, that yep. run he made, and then he cut onto his left foot for about 22 yards, whacked the ball just shy of the left yep. bottom left post. I'm thinking, wow, that's it. I know he's right-footed. So that was kind of cool to see. Yeah. And then he scores the next week with his left foot from uh, you know, not so far away. It was more right. like six yards. But anyway, all right. So sensational 2-1 uh, victory um, at home. It's exactly what you need to do at home. You need to pick up three points at home.
1: And I'll point this out too. Demir Kralak scoring on his return um, from the red card. Um, that was a big moment for him personally because – Uh, I think uh, season ticket holders got a letter from him um, on the Thursday or Friday before he was heartbroken to have to miss the Seattle game because he wants so um, desperately to help this team win and to not be able to contribute because of one momentary lapse in judgment. Um, He was devastated about that. And um, I don't, I don't know how much this is out there, but he flew to Seattle to watch the game from didn't the stands. did he play with the Monarchs as well? He could have. He didn't play with the Monarchs. He didn't end Monarchs, up playing no. with the Monarchs. But flew up to Seattle on his own dime um, with his wife and daughter and watched the team from, as from a, the stands as a in Seattle. Yeah.
0: Like he? And he, did he pay for his own ticket? Yep. To the, gra- oh, to to the, the game? Oh, to the game?
1: No, we we set him up okay, the good, tickets. Okay, good.
0: <laughs> Again, he is amazing. But I,
1: I had no idea that he'd gone and I'm out, on, uh, out getting a coffee. Actually, I was out... Getting a coffee and, and a belt because I forgot to pick a belt. Oh, good. And blame uh, the
0: double ear infection.
1: Yeah, I a hundred percent. It wasn't there yet, but we'll blame it anyway. Okay, good. It was the that's what caused the ear infection. Anyhow. Um <laughs> But I run into him on the street with his wife and his daughter, and I'm like, Wait, you're here? And he's like Yeah, you know, come to support the boys and you know and, and it's like, Of course he did. Yeah. I mean he's just the he's just the greatest. And and to have... like We paint him in that light, but I think teammates would do the same thing. Of just he's he is the perfect type of teammate that you know he he his birthday was this week again. It's like the birthday show or something, but um, his birthday was this week, and uh, it. I'm sure he had you know the night with the family or whatever, but on his birthday, he treated the whole team to dinner downtown Salt Lake. You kidding? It's, it's unbelievable, this I, guy.
0: I've said he's, like, the nicest guy I've ever met, yeah. and I don't know him. But I just get – I've interviewed him. Yeah. And, like, and, and so when the games get done, I will stand um, above the race uh, or the tunnel, yeah. and the players will come off, and Demir is the only one – and I, this is you know, no harm or foul on the right. other players, but he's the only one that will always give me a high five. Yeah. It's like, Demir, I've, I've interviewed you a handful of times, but we don't know. But you, he will do it. Right. And he'll do it to everybody. Yeah. It's
1: uh, Anyway, I think. I don't remember if I've told this story on here or not, but I'll tell it anyway. Please. Um, there was a game last year where at halftime we asked Demir to do, uh, do our broadcast interview. And you speak to him so frequently that you forget that English isn't his first language. So there's a lot of times we're on the field – in a in a heated game, uh, English isn't your first language, and then suddenly you're asked to do an interview in English, and you've got a hundred thoughts in your head about what's going on on the field, and none of those thoughts are in English, right? Um, and you're about to get asked questions in English, and he's like, "Can you have someone else do it?" He was really polite about it, right? And that happened. That that's not an uncommon occurrence. I well, can the, imagine what, that'll come up. Fast forward to the following, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday, and he sees me at training, and he's like, "Can I talk to you for a minute?" And I'm like, "Oh no, what happened?" This <laughs> is never good, right? And he pulls me aside, away from the rest of the group, and he says, "I wanted to apologize for not doing the interview at halftime on Saturday." And I was like, "Hold on, what? Like, it's, it's fine. fine, it's yeah. fine." And he's like, "I'm really, really sorry." He's like. Anytime you need me, let me know. He's just that genuine and nice of a person. Um, it's just, it's just so uh, refreshing. I think. Oh, it's
0: awesome. They, and and that's
1: not to say that other guys aren't. He just takes it to a different level.
0: And the other guys are like normal, like yeah. you and I, where like we have our days yeah. where it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, but it seems like he's constantly it. You know what it seems like is is the game of soccer is truly a passion for him mm-hmm. and that he cannot get an – he's as happy as he can possibly be playing the game he loves, which is so cool. The big Croat himself. Yeah. He needs a nickname. And it better be something good because yeah. he's deserving. Um, the Royals.
1: Royals it's this Saturday. weekend. Saturday, Rio Tinto Stadium, 7 o'clock. Expecting a big crowd again. Uh, hoping uh I think we're projecting somewhere between seventeen and eighteen thousand, which would be more by three or four thousand than the four games in the n w s l last weekend combined wow, which is uh a f- huge feather in the cap for um for the organization and i don 't put myself in that group, but there's a lot of people over there that have done a lot of work uh to make sure that this organization the 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 Utah Royals FC organization is treated in a way that changes the standard for women's soccer in our country and uh i think we've seen so much of that in the last year um the way the fans talk about it is is i would say in a lot of ways similar to the way a jazz fan would talk about the jazz they're going to be critical they're going to be uh, you know, you're going to pick your favorite players and, and, and those players can do no wrong, but um, you know, they, that they, there's, once you get that moment of uh, critical conversation from your fan base, then it doesn't become about the gender of the players on the field. It's just sports at that point. That's and what it's it should not be. women's sports and yeah. that's the way it should be. And it's, 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 A huge credit, I think, to the fan base in Utah, too, that has embraced this as a pro sports team way more than it has as a women's pro sports team. And I I think when you're talking about equality and when you're talking about um, that gender equity, that's such a huge, uh, to me, such a huge um, gauge of exactly how you view that sport. Um, and it, and it's, uh, it's cool to see. It's really cool to see. And I, again, I've told this story before, but, um, my daughters are six and nine years old and they came out last summer and it was the first time they had seen, uh, at an age when they could remember it, they had seen women's soccer and this, you could see this light bulb go off for them of. Wow, I could do that too. Like right. that's not just a boys game. Right. Like I can play that. And that for me was it was a pretty emotional moment because it um this is where it gets hard for me to speak because of the emotional dad stuff, but um it gave them permission to dr- to dream. Sure. And that for me has been the greatest gift that the Utah Royals have given to uh, To this community, is is that perspective for young women that you're allowed to dream to be a pro athlete and
0: play in front of the thousands and play, of fans and playing for a and...
1: seventeen thousand in a sold out stadium and and that you're going to be doing media interviews and you're going to be doing TV interviews and go, and going through everything that a male athlete goes through because you're a professional athlete. It's not, you're a women's professional athlete. You are a professional athlete. Uh, and Laura Harvey
0: w- was talking about this last night on, uh, on the Coach's Show, yeah. the Mike Petke
1: Coach's Show. On the KSL Sports app.
0: Yes, as well as <laughs> RSL.com. Yeah. You guys are a big part of all of this as well. So um, KSL Sports app, KSL Sports.com, RSL.com, com. number of different platforms you can check it out at. But um, Laura Harvey joined Mike Petke and... It was pretty moving, kind of, the yeah. conversation they were having. Um, if you're around the club a little bit or you're not around at all, I'll tell you, Laura Harvey's a big part of the men's game Yep. as well as, obviously, she's the manager of the women's game. But um, I was sitting in in the press conference after the game this past weekend against Orlando. Laura walked in, just sat up the back. I mean, yep. Laura and Mike are good friends. They look after each other. You've got to go check out that uh, the, the, the coach's show, the Mike Petke coaches show that uh is available again rsl.com kslsports.com you can check it out on the rsl on ksl app uh the first part of it is all about equality and i think it's pretty moving uh as we wrap things up matty yep. uh fc cincinnati we we don't know much because not many people do right MLS newcomers, it's the first time RSL have traveled to FC Cincinnati to play them. Uh, They've won twice, lost twice, and drawn twice. They're sitting in seventh, though, in the Eastern Conference. I think it's pretty impressive. It is.
1: And they've had some really impressive showings. Uh, Spencer Ritchie is a guy I've known for a lot of years, uh, a University of Washington kid that I watched play um, collegiately as he was growing up. Done really well for them. He came in as their number two keeper. Their number one got hurt uh, and had to miss a couple games, and Spencer stepped in and got two shutouts in his first two games, and was uh, and had stunned had very well to this point. uh They lost two nothing at LAFC last week, um which if you've watched that LAFC team, not bad result is it? Two nothing's away is not a bad result. Uh, it's not a bad uh, scoreline. Uh, they're they're a quality team. Um, the thing I think with Cincinnati that if if you're going, as you're going into that game, it's, they're a team that's difficult to prepare for because they haven't really established an identity yet. They haven't really established a style of play yet. Uh, they haven't established a starting lineup yet. You don't know what they're going to come with when they, when they put that 11 on the field on Friday. Um, so that's going to be that's one of the interesting challenges for for Mike Petke and his staff is figuring out uh y- y- there's such a small sample size of just the six games of of what that team looks like and they've used such a variety of lineups in those six games it's really difficult to uh guess at what uh, what their strategies are what their tactics are what kind of things you need to prepare for um uh, but they've got some players. Um, Darren Maddox uh, can score some goals. Kenny Saif comes over from, uh, uh, you know, a former U.S. national team player. Um, they've got some talent. It, uh, it's really just a matter of, of how do they piece that talent together and how do they gel together. Uh, Kendall Waston's one of the better defenders in the league, um, but uh, it's a matter of connecting individual players with talent into a a. A collective group um, that—that's really the the test for Alan Cook, and and we'll see how that comes together on Friday night.
0: Kenny Saif, a player you mentioned, former U.S. men's national team member, uh, leads the team in assists right now. He's with, only with two, mind right. you, but uh, only only guy in. Uh, that are, that yeah, the only guy that has two assists, the rest have one. They've got like five or six guys stuck on one goal as well, but mm. no one in, no one with two goals yet. So uh, three reasons I'm nervous for this week. Before we get into our score predictions, uh, the first one is it's a road game, yeah. And I think in Major League Soccer and specifically for RSL, they've had a harder time traveling uh, on the road this season. So that's uh, the first order of business that needs to get sorted is at least pick up a point on the road. Because you will you will not contend for the MLS Cup if you can't find a way to pick up at least a point on the road. It's just not doable. Yeah. Um, so that's my first one. Obviously, short week. Play yeah. Saturday, Friday night. It's tricky. But then again, Cincinnati in the same boat. Yeah. Um, and then the third one would be the most important one is and FC Cincinnati's playing with house money. Yeah. They're not expected to do well. Right? They have no expectation. They're just hoping... To get through the season, yeah, you know, and and they've got you know the the MLS will have patience with this club because they are brand spanking new. Yeah, they have like what five, and the six fan base
1: in Cincinnati, I think, as well. When, you're, sure. when you're about yeah, the, the,
0: they they've got five six years up their sleeve where they can put it in cruise control, hope to find something, and so they're a scary team, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a daunting challenge for Mike Petke, but one I'm sure he'll take with open arms and hopefully come out with three points. Um, score predictions. As we end every segment, score predictions, and I think, uh, Trevor, it's only fair. You go first. He's always shocked when I I bring him like, Whoa, okay. I've only had had 40 minutes to think about what my score prediction could be.
2: (laughs) Yeah, um, no, this has actually been a really good episode. I mean, just some great stories here. But uh, as far as score goes, the way I, I look at it, the last time they were on the road, you know, obviously it, it was lost, but it, it wasn't that bad. I right. mean, it, it seems like that they're getting better on the road right. at, as a club collectively, and coming off of that two-one win against Orlando at home kind of gave them that you know confidence boost. I don't think it's going to be a win, but I think it's going to be a step in the right direction. I'm going one-one draw.
0: I like that. I do, Maddie. What are you thinking?
2: I'm going five-one. I think Sam Johnson gets <laughs> there. We go
1: hat trick time, huh? Four. four. He's Wh- getting four. Whoa! Four. Why not the quad? Uh, no, I think I think this team. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, how this team approaches a road game without Everton Louise available. Um, because the on the surface you're thinking it's going to be a little bit more defensive, um, but if the personnel is, is is that's available and that Mike Petke decides to start with is one that's a little more attacking, I, th- I think this is an opportunity to maybe open up a little bit and, um, on the turf playing a little faster. Um, I think that plays into the hands of a guy like Sam Johnson, Savarino, Albert Rusneck, um, to really kind of, um, show what they're capable of in, in, in that sort of environment. Um, and they, and they, I feel like they dealt with the turf well in Seattle. Um, this, the Cincinnati team's not as talented as Seattle was. So I think you're going to see, uh, some of those opportunities created in a game like Seattle become uh, better scoring chances for this team, and and uh, a little bit less to contend with on the defensive side. I th- I, th- I do see this as a, as a win for Arcella. I, I agree. Five um, one may have been an, a, a that's all right. We won't hold you to it. You don't roll with, with it,
0: man. Um, Just roll with it. I'm going two one. Sam Johnson with the brace. Uh, the more minutes, and I wrote about this at Sports dot com earlier this week. Ding. The more minutes you get, (laughs) (laughs) Trevor, we need some effects in here or something.
2: I know. I gotta. I gotta get some button bar set up, but because that. I mean, Matt put it perfectly. uh, Matt can be making making the the bell sound. I'm I'm alright with it because he was spot on. Ding.
0: The more minutes Sam Johnson plays, however, the more his teammates will understand the of And he, uh, in fact, Sam Johnson spoke about this in the post game press conference after the Orlando game. So. Uh, I think he's going to grow in stature, uh, growing confidence, and score more goals as the season goes on. 2-1 for me. Uh, KSLSports.com for all the latest and greatest sporting updates. Don't forget to go to RSL.com for all the club updates. That, yeah. You guys do a fantastic job over there. I'm on there every single day checking out what might just be coming our way.
1: Before before we get too far ahead, uh, you because know, we've got plenty of tape to roll on <laughs> here, right? Uh, <laughs> we're we're rolling the tape, right? Um uh, I wanted to congratulate the academy team the U17s reached the quarterfinals of the uh Generation Adidas Cup down in Frisco. Uh really played nose to nose with some te- some really high quality teams looking at Lyon from France, wow. um looking at River Plate from Argentina uh and they just lost uh 2-0 to Valencia from Spain. Um wow. it was it was two goals in like a 2-minute span and and other than that it was uh, a really, really competitive game um, and uh, just a great showing for the U-17s. They've got a couple more games to go. U-19s are down in the Dallas Cup as well um, and and really showing a lot of, uh, of the efforts that have been put into the academy here in Harriman.
0: Don't forget, uh, well, that's all stuff you can check out at rsl.com, so you wouldn't know that otherwise. Uh, at Real Salt Lake, at KSL Sports, on the social feeds. It's all going on. We'll be back next week. Up uh, the lads. Shouldn't have said that. Why'd I say it? I ruined everything, guys. Son of a.